and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt, Matt. Matt, what do people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. And totally catch you off guard with starting the episode. Definitely. I <laughs> broke uh, broke protocol by not asking you if you are ready and just going straight into it, like almost mid-sentence, too. Entirely. <laughs> I'm completely caught off guard, bamboozled, perplexed. Uh-huh. Uh, news. News. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Couple of trailers. You want to talk about the 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 bad one first or the yeah, good one Northman. first? <laughs> I'm gonna stab you with an axe. <laughs> uh, Fantastic Beasts and the Curse of Dumbledore. Secrets of Dumbledore. Secrets of Dumbledore. Curse. I will say, at the very least, it looks like there are at least a couple Fantastic Beasts, and we might know where to find them by the end of the movie. One would entirely hope so. There's that big one, like probably I assume the the tail of a scorpion you know i will be really upset if like what i don't like in fantasy monsters is just big versions of normal animals yeah like something that annoys me with like D is like ah we're fighting like a a tarasque which is like a giant crazy thing and then also some giant bears they're just called giant bears Good. There's a whole, there's so many giant, like literally the G section of monsters is so big because there's giant blank, <laughs> giant blank, giant blank, and there's all sorts of animals. So I hope that thing isn't just a giant uh, scorpion. Isn't a, a manicore legendary beast with a scorpion tail? Uh, Yes, but also like a lion's head and like the wings of like a bat mm-hmm. and like a bunch of other stuff. Right. So it could be a manticore. That's giant possible. manticore. Oh. Oh, I didn't no, think of that one, did creative. you? not <laughs> creative. But like, you know, also, yeah, pressed into my thoughts. I was going to say, you know, Harry, my thoughts in that order were, you know, Harry Potter has some fun creative beasts and remembered that J.K. Rowling is not remotely creative and all of them, I'm pretty sure, were already pre-existing fantasy beasts. Like a hippogriff already existed. A basilisk already existed. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, no, she definitely took lots of bits and pieces. But... I will say, that, uh, what's the what's the thing that you can only see if you've experienced death or whatever? Thestral. Thestrals. I think those are original. Probably. Maybe. Who knows? Correct me if I'm wrong. History I could major. look it up. I have the entire... Major. History degree. <laughs> Not you. The person I'm talking to, specifically, right. who has corrected us. Exactly. And I want more corrections. Mm-hmm. I'm here to learn. Because, you know... Mm-hmm. A podcast where we talk at each other is the most educational thing to do. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Let me just say this. What a legendarily terrible trailer. Yeah. Like, I was not excited for this movie. (laughs) I had no apprehensions about this movie being remotely good whatsoever. And my expectations are lowered after that trailer. I'll be honest. I have no opinions on it as a quality of a trailer because... Just knowing that it's Fantastic Beasts made me immediately turn off my critical brain Mm -hmm. because I'm scared of hurting myself. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm going to take your word for it. It's real bad. Okay. The humor is really terrible. Oh, my God. They gave the muggle a wand. They gave him a nice little poignant ending at the the end of the first one. He got it for Christmas. And then he got a wand for Christmas. Yeah. And... that's stupid isn't it great when there's a scene in the movie that they outline exactly what are the archetypes within the group Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, love it. Yeah, that's that's so that really they can fun. Put it in the trailers. One of them is literally a guy from an ancient family. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, great. There are like five thousand <laughs> people from ancient families in Magic. Yeah, that's the least interesting thing about this guy. <laughs> surely. <laughs> oh, my or goodness. knowing how these movies are going it is in fact the most interesting interesting thing about this person yep so uh you give it far too much credit yeah i i started inserting this commentary when you started watching the trailer i started saying every time there was a line i said that's not how actual people talk and i think i could have said that after every single line in that trailer yeah you did i was not honestly paying attention to the trailer i was just looking at the fun really uh black gray and blue <laughs> colors that mm-hmm. this that these movies are because mm-hmm. they were like hey let's just make a bunch of order of the phoenixes mm-hmm. like that's the that's the aesthetic vibe i get from all of these movies is the order of the phoenix yeah where's my fun and whimsy that was it you saw it i know you're trying to kill wizard hitler <laughs> but where's my fun and whimsy while yeah. you're doing it uh it's just the first movie was not great, but it was passable, wasn't it? Yeah. It, has it some... really should have stopped there. Come on, Warner. Yeah. They should have edited the first movie down into half its size and stopped there. Is what yeah. they should have done. But yeah. Another making a whole five movie thing. And why is Fantastic Beasts of all things the launching point for what should be the probably the second most interesting large-scale story you can yeah. tell in the wizarding world with the mythos we have established it really is so weird that this happened that, yeah like, it was the this first movie and then it's just a different series but somehow weirdly the sequel to the first one because it has the first one's main character who i assume was not involved in this battle in legend probably prior to this movie happening wouldn't surprise me <laughs> and like yeah, this could have just been Fantastic Beasts, and then they could have put effort into the, like, Dumbledore. Like, have a yeah. Dumbledore series. Yeah, I love Jude Law as a young Dumbledore. Yeah, he's fun. Give him some writing and some Jude fun Law. supporting characters. Yeah. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, no. Like... And I love Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, yeah. He looks very Mads in this one. <laughs> very to, very bad. <laughs> in fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, this, I mean you know what would have been perfect is they do fantastic beasts is like the hobbit to the lord of the rings mm-hmm. that is the grindelwald trilogy and you have dumbledore and he kind of pops up at one point and guides newt a little bit and then he's like all right i gotta go fight the necromancer except it's not the necromancer because yeah. that's the he thing he says that and then suddenly you know they're both warner properties so it's <laughs> true get we could get a crossover. crossover how awesome would that be amazing <laughs> oh that would hurt so much uh, yeah i feel like tolkien would roll in his grave and then come out Yes. And kill somebody if somebody yeah. did that. <laughs> it would emerge as a barrow white. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just <sighs> And we got two more of these. Yeah, after this one, two more. <sighs> Do you know what the story is of the Grindelwald Dumbledore fight? Is that something that's covered thoroughly in the books? Not thoroughly. Okay. But it's covered It's referenced. Referenced? Yeah. We I know... assume more than in the movies. Yes. That's a problem Kaylin has a lot when she's watching the movies. She fills in details from the books in uh-huh. her head. And so when I'm like, hey, why is this? Where does all this food come from? Because I know that's a really common one that people are like, oh, mm-hmm. they explain it very well in the book where that food comes from. It's in the books. It's in the books. Read the books. I don't want to read the books. I've yeah, got so no. many other books to read. Like, I 
I am... You know, the fast-paced adventure that is Lucare books? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm into those. Exactly. <laughs> no, like, I am, I am wholeheartedly a proponent of the idea that if you're going to watch a movie and the book is anyway good, you should make an effort to try to read it, too. Uh, I think that that's important. That being said, if you're going to enjoy a movie, if you're going to make a movie based on a book, make it a movie that is enjoyable and comprehensible in its own terms. Yeah. Lord of the Rings did a pretty effective job of that. Oh, yeah. You didn't need the books to fill in the gaps. Yeah, and you don't you don't even... Okay, with the exception of one exact instance, uh, you really don't even need the extended versions of... Like, they can cut down... They cut down a lot, mm-hmm. and it's still comprehensive. Yeah. Uh, what happens to Saruman is definitely an issue with the theatrical cut. Yeah, but <laughs> a little uh, unaddressed loose end there. Yeah, yep. he's stuck in his tower forever. I guess <laughs> that was supposed to be the plan in the books. Was it really? Yeah. And then he fell and died. No. Oh, that didn't happen in the books. No. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll I'll talk about it. Okay. On our last week's episode. He, no. <laughs> on the. Oh, yeah, on, on next, next week's, week's episode. episode. Yeah, yes. we do news first. Yeah, That's right, I'm back. Because otherwise here. they're olds. Right. You idiot. Especially olds, because we're recording this really early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. Okay, cool. It's fun. It's okay. good stuff. Um, Yeah. Okay, I've had enough of that one. Let's talk about The Northman. Yeah, The Northman. Why? Where did this movie come from? Did we know this was coming for a while? Yeah, I uh, I I led you a little, read you a little list of here's the cast, here's the director, here's what this plot summary is. Six months ago, and you were like, <gasps> I, I bet, yeah, but, you know, having no memory banks in my head, mm-hmm. forgot about it promptly. Yep. Meaning, probably thirty minutes later, you could have asked me what the movie you talked about, and I was like, "Huh? What movie?" <laughs> so, The Northman. This is this is a slightly lower uh, lower profile thing than Fantastic Beasts, which is a shame and an indictment of our media landscape and consumer culture generally. But mm-hmm. don't get me started. Um, the Northman is a movie that is coming out some point next year, directed by Robert Eggers, who you might know as the director of The Witch and The Lighthouse. You mean The Vavitch? The Vavitch and The Lighthouse. And the Lighthouse. Lighthouse is a good one. The Witch is also a good one. Dude. I mean, The Vavitch is a good one. I haven't seen The Vavitch, but if The Lighthouse is any indicator, symbolism is going to be everywhere. Probably. That's something I remember from Lighthouse. It's just like... Oh my God! There is this is like this is, it feels like capital L literature when it comes to like symbolism within the, mm-hmm. within the movie. Yep. So this one, he's doing a Viking murder revenge story, starring Alexander Skarsgård and Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah. Um, along I with I will avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. I will kill you. Valder. Valder. <laughs> Vague Scandinavian name. <laughs> Something Viking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's gonna be some some R-rated Viking murder um we're gonna get uh Cleese... really the only way you can do viking murder it, yeah i think if you're gonna do it properly yeah. you need to make it r-rated um yeah uh we're gonna get uh Cleese bang is gonna be the bad guy um you might recognize him from that dracula series oh the netflix one yeah Which, who was he dracula dracula oh hell yeah yeah He's a bad guy. Cool. Uh, we got Willem Dafoe being creepy as balls, which is yeah. really what he's best suited yeah. for. Um, we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. On the next episode. Yep. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We got uh, Ethan Hawke. Um, Famous Nicole from, Kidman. Uh, being the guy in uh, Mission Impossible. 
Yeah, that's he him. He's the, he the impossible mission. Yeah, yeah, that is that's definitely him. I honestly constantly confuse that, <laughs> <laughs> like the actor Ethan Hawke and the character Ethan Hunt. Someone once described Ethan Hawke as a guy who seems like he wandered onto a movie set and he was too nice for anyone to kick him off, so they just let him be in the <laughs> movies now. <laughs> All right. He's a pretty good actor. I have but... no idea what else he's in. I mean, I'm sure I've seen him several times, but he's not a he's not a face and name that I've solidified yet. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, he's he does a lot of character acting, um, a lot of secondary roles. Um yeah struggling to think of literally any right now aren't you uh so he really is a character actor with secondary roles he was in that <laughs> trilogy that i haven't seen um before midnight before sunset before what is this three colors blue um uh, they really it. broke the pattern there no that's me mixing it up with a different trilogy oh, okay. in my mind it's the it's the before trilogy um 50 shades of gray's anatomy yeah that one <laughs> um he's in i think he's in the first purge movie yeah he's the lead in the first purge movie oh really um he's in first reformed which is pretty good pretty interesting he's the lead in that he's really good in that um there's an e at the end of his name he's in boyhood uh he's just he's kind of around he kind of just before sunrise yes uh, before sunset and before midnight. Okay. Oh, it's also in the Magnificent Seven. Oh yeah, the the. Uh... It's also a Dead Poet Society. Oh yeah, he's that's right. He's in that one. He's one of the kids. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, he was in the Magnificent Seven remake. Um. I don't know why when I get to like the last movie that I recognize, I keep scrolling for a while, waiting to find another movie that I recognize because Google orders it in like order of how famous it is. So I'm like. I'm not gonna know any of these. <laughs> yep. Um, All right. He's been he's been in quite a bit. Just not a whole lot we've seen, but also backgrounds mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Good old. What's her name? Taylor Joy. What's her first name? Matt. <laughs> what's her first name? Anya. Anya. As I've said all along, <laughs> there's uh, yeah. no audio evidence on the internet <laughs> to to prove otherwise. What'd you call her? Anna. Anna. Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah. But yeah, good old good old Anya Taylor Joy. She ATG. Just That's not it. ATJ. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. America's talent got. Uh I feel like she came out of nowhere, but also didn't. Yeah, she was in Split. That was her not her debut, probably, but her like her, her breakout debut. role. But she was in that, and I was like, oh yeah. I know who she is. She's been around. She's been in stuff. And then just like back to back, like high profile movies. Back to back to back to back to back. back, to back. Yeah, exactly. Back she, to back. She's just, she's in everything now. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And shows. And shows. Yes. Which I um, still haven't seen. Nope. You should get around I, to it. I, I need to. Yeah. Um, We're talking about the Queen's Gambit in case you didn't pick up on that it's it's really good it's really good (laughs) really really good uh yeah okay so the northman what do you think we're just gonna get a straightforward viking murder romp or is there gonna be some weird stuff going on i think there's gonna be some weird stuff going on and also what i'm claiming right now is that uh avenge save and kill are going to be recontextualized by the end of it what he thinks is avenging saving his mother and killing was his name 
is not going to be the same thing as what he actually does by the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but like something that's that like mm-hmm. cut and dry and said over and over again will not be straightforward what it is at the end. Mm-hmm. I just it's just something I feel in my instincts of like foreshadowing. Okay, like saving his mom isn't going to be physically saving her from somebody. It's going to be like maybe like something within her that she needs to be saved from herself. What if mom wanted dad to be assassinated? Maybe. And so he needs to avenge his dad by killing his mom, but he needs to, but then his mom, he forgives his mom with her dying breath and she is saved that way, like a whole Darth Vader thing. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then I don't know about the third one. Maybe something. she's the guy that she's going to kill, that he's going to kill. I don't think that's it. I probably not. No, that's but, bang. but that's my claim right now is that, that those, I like three, it. those three things are going to be recontextualized. I like it. I think we're definitely going to get some weirdness. Uh, It's Robert Eggers. You can't go away without a little weirdness. Um, He usually has like a fair bit of realism, but he kind of skates that edge a little bit and then occasionally blows right past it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've seen either the witch or the lighthouse. (laughs) (laughs) Good old mermaid. Yeah. (laughs) The scene. And the seagulls. The seagulls. Think Willem Dafoe is going to get mad at any seagulls? (laughs) Yeah. Are there seagulls in Scandinavia? Probably. Or like northern England? Where do you think it's going to be? Um, I think it's going to be him coming down to like Scotland and England. I think he's probably going to start out in like Norway, Denmark, proper Scandinavia. And then it looked like he went to Iceland because there was a volcano and there was like some of those stony plains. Yeah. Um... So that, that that might make sense. I think it's going to be a long physical journey or a long mental journey. A little like, bit. Do you think he'll be like going from place to place trying to find, trying to get vengeance? Mm-hmm. Or do you think it'll be a lot of just like uh, mental exploration? Because if we're talking weirdness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's more likely that like he goes back to kill the... Um, <laughs> and he's just no idea what the name is. Yeah, he's got his little kingdom there, and so he's going to just go back and he's going to wreak havoc. Um, and there's that line. It's like we'll we'll avenge him bit by bit by night or something. Where he's he's just going to chip away. He's going to yeah. go catch some spears and throw them back over no, here. Catch some spears over here, throw some back. Is that like possible? Could someone do that? What catch a spear? Yeah, I kind of expect it would be. Yeah. Like I mean Mythbusters did a whole thing on catching a arrow. Arrows pr- would be really hard. Would be are really hard, but I think they proved like it's at least plausible. Mhm. A spear, I imagine more so cuz A it's going to be moving slower cuz yep. bows move crazy. Yeah. And also it's a bigger shaft to grab. Nice. That's what she said. Uh and so <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine it's if you're good probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's plausible. Cool. What else? Uh, News-wise or the Northman-wise? Uh, do you have anything else about Northman? I'm hype. I'm... Seems cool. Yeah? I feel like this is a movie that's going to be like The Green Knight with me, where like I really want to see it. It looks super cool, but they just never get around to it. I forgot that movie exists. Wow. That memorable, huh? I haven't you... seen it. I thought you loved it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I was very hyped for it. It was my sister that loved it. I think so. I think I took that recommendation and was like, yeah, I'll go see it. And then yeah, didn't. Um, Not a whole lot of news happened except that see. Oh. Spider-Man 
came out. Is that a tab? Oh, that's the Northman trailer. I opened a tab because I saw that the Northman trailer had dropped. Spider-Man is what? Solidly at number three opening of all time? Number three domestic opening weekend of all time. Despite the pandemic. Yep. Go Spidey. Dude, that's a lot of hype that was built up over this. Yeah. Um, I think that that's... I, I'm really glad. This is a validation that movie theaters and the... Uh-huh. Movie going experience are still something that has value. Mm-hmm. Was it op- available for? Uh, no, it wasn't because it's a Sony movie, mm-hmm. so there was no Disney Plus. Nope. We'll talk about that more next time. We're at twenty minutes. Damn it! We need more news. <laughs> uh, Do you want to just throw our non-Spider-Man watch up and up tos in this episode, and then just like next week is just a Spider-Man review? Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. What you been up to? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So I we're finished talk it. About it this week and not not next week. We're talking about this week. I could continue to talk about it next week. No, next week we're doing the Spider Man review. That's that's if you true. Haven't seen Spider Man? Don't listen to next week's episode. Yep. Or you have a week from now to go listen that's watch Spider Man. Uh, yeah, that is the preferable thing. Go watch Spider Man. Go watch it twice. Go watch it twice. Yep. See if we can get this bad boy over a billion. Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, what was the final? Uh, for in-game. That was more than a billion, right? It was like... Two billion? Might have been three. Three billion. 2.798 billion for end-game. Nice. But anyway. But anyway. You met the Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I finished it. Uh, not counting appendices E through G. I haven't read those yet. But we'll leave that aside. What what are in the appendices? Uh, appendix A is kind of the Silmarillion cliff notes. Okay. Um, it's just the complete history of Middle Earth, basically in little little notes. Okay. Um, it talks about all the the kings of Gondor and Numenor and um, uh, dwarfs a little bit and stuff like that. Um, B is a timeline that kind of fills out some of that stuff and a a uh, very precise day by day timeline of the events of Lord of the Rings. Okay. So, uh I happen to know that I read the entirety of the Lord of the Rings book in almost exactly the same amount of time it took Frodo to get from Bag End to the point where he was leaving Rivendell. Oh wow. They uh they left Long Bag time. End in September. It's been like 22nd. months in Rivendell. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yep, and they left Rivendell on Jan- uh, December 25th. So Christmas! Yeah. Except not there. Not really. Yeah. No. Um, although the Hobbits do have Yule. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because Appendix, one of the other appendices has little note on calendars. And it's like eight pages of this calendar used this system for this many years and then changed to this one. And this calendar works kind of this way where there's this weird little midday or mid year thing. That's not in any part of the months. And here's what the months are named in the, uh, the elven tongue and the English gets really excited about calendars. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> it's fun. He likes days. Yeah. He's like, here's how the leap days were accounted for in the elven calendars. Cause the elven calendars are like very strict and orderly. Um, elves account not in terms of years but in groups of 144 years okay um which kind of makes sense they're really long-lived um 
speaking of uh dates and stuff did you know how old arwen is at the time of lord of the rings 650 uh more like 2500 oh jesus christ yeah (laughs) actually i didn't know that i didn't know that good i knew it before good to know because i spent a lot of time on wikipedia yeah um there are some fun little sort of side stories or backstories that are fleshed out just a little bit um the story of aragorn's birth and young years and falling in love with arwen is kind of nice it's like a little four page thing mm-hmm. um jumps around a lot but it it's it's nice it's it's um it's good it's touching um there's a fun little uh the timeline for the the shire at least extends beyond the end of the lord of the rings so it's a fun like what the characters went and did afterwards mm-hmm. Samwise was elected mayor seven times. Oh wow! And then journeyed across the sea. Yep. As it did every single person's end with journeyed across the sea. Nope. Only, ri- only ring bearers were permitted to journey across the sea. Well, Sam considered a ring bearer. He bore the ring. When? Oh, when, when Frodo got she lobbed. Yeah. Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I call him that? <laughs> I don't know why I called him that. I like it. Good old Frody. Fro- <laughs> <laughs> We're going crazy. Uh, uh, what else? Yeah. What else about Lord of the Rings? Oh, we, we need to talk about the Sauron thing. Oh, yeah. Um, what happens to him in the book? Yeah. So are you aware at all of the scouring of the Shire? Uh, Yeah. He like goes back to murder a bunch of people in the Shire. And like called the murder. Who, Frodo or Saruman? Uh, Saruman. Yeah. Because that's like what the vision was. I know that. Mm -hmm. I know that 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 happened. I know very little about it because it's literally just slammed into a bird bird bath for Frodo to shove his face into. Yep. (laughs) Which, interestingly enough, that's actually accurate to the movie. That part, at least, is the scour... Sam sees the scouring of the Shire in the Mirror of Galadriel in the book, and when they get back and they see the Shire, as I'll explain kind of how it goes there, um, he's like, this is just what I saw in the... Let me get the proper Sam voice on here. This is just what I saw in the Lady's Mirror. That's the Sam voice? That's the Sam voice. What? Sort of a country bumpkin kind of fellow. Sam Connery? Sam Connery. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying, man. <laughs> so basically, uh, the the hobbits go and they do the the wondrous thing and they throw their ring in the fire and they hang out a while and Arwen turns up and Aragorn and Arwen get married and then they're like, yeah, we should probably go home. Um, and Aragorn's like, you sure? You can hang out here and we can throw lavish gifts at you and sing songs about you and feast every day. Uh, but also, you should probably go home. So <laughs> everyone's like, all right, you've overstayed your welcome. Get out of my house. <laughs> uh no so they they journey back home um don't really have any adventures along the way um uh, they do run into oh i I should back up a little bit so in the movie the theatrical version saruman is defeated at the battle of helm's deep and the ents uh destroy isengard um and saruman is confined to orthanc and it's kind of left ambiguous what you see if you see the extended edition is that Saruman stabby, is stabbed, and, stabbed in the back by Grima and then falls, and then down, falls to down stabby stabbed by, <laughs> a, by a big old wheel. Lands on a <laughs> lands on a big old spiky wheel hoisted by his own petard. Yep. Um, Which I can't. Uh, what? Why a spiky wheel? 
like what? He has a mind of metal now. But that's but why is it why a spiky? What's the spiky wheel do? He's more machine now than it's man. Like a, it's like a, what? That's wait. from. <laughs> wait, what is that from? I'm gonna wait till you place it. Hang on. Oh God. He's more machine now than man. Good God. Ah. Uh... Darth Vader. Yeah. Good lord. Episode four, A New Hope. (laughs) That was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. I was so focused on one franchise that it took me a while to remember any other franchise. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, no, I, um, honestly, I think that's probably emblematic of some of the limitations of the movies. There are definitely dumbed down a little bit. Um, why a spiky wheel? Because it looks cool and it simplifies some plot points. Makes a really solid and uncomfy when a person lands on it from hundreds of feet up yep uh yeah so and then the wheel turns underwater and that's it and he is gone that's the end is in the water and that's where pippin goes "Mm, shiny marble mine now (laughs) and gandalf says no thanks hey you'd better give that to me young chook what here you'd better give that to me young chook yeah that's what he says we're getting a little sidetracked here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the planter falls down. Um, in the book, um, Saruman comes down, and there's actually a really fascinating conversation between uh, Saruman and uh, Theoden and Legolas and Gimli and Gandalf on the steps of Orthanc. Um, and kind of one of the interesting things about Saruman in the book is he is legendarily persuasive and his words cast a spell basically uh, sort of an enchantment um and you think that he's so reasonable and such a a likable guy and he's so right about things all the time and the the language is really good at conveying that in the book Um, but basically they have this conversation and gandalf is like yeah you doofus i'm gandalf the white now and you're you're sorry i'm on the loser go home um and he's like, oh, okay and so he says oh okay except he he gets he gets upset and he throws some choice words um let's see uh i can't remember he says something about dog and brigands in the muck it's fun um and then he he goes back into orthonk and grima uh throws from a high window the palantir down either at Saruman or at the party Legolas speculates that he missed both because he couldn't decide who he hated more Hmm. um so that's how that ends up in Pippin's hands uh and then Saruman just goes back up and tortures Grima for a while good at least it's implied yeah he screams loudly um and then it's kind of left there uh Gandalf says hey Treebeard so I know you've all got a lot of work to do around here just kind of cleaning things up would you mind keeping an eye on Orthanc here's the keys make sure that Saruman never comes out the key ever again Yep. Feel like Orthon could be more secure than just probably a couple. Oh, they're like keys. magical keys. Oh, okay. Probably. <laughs> uh, it just holds out like a key ring, and there's just like three three keys. Like this is the front door. This is the shed in the back. <laughs> yep. Uh, and this is the fire safe in the closet. Yep. <laughs> trying to think of a third one. <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's it. Uh, so then they go on their merry way. Um, or I should say they go on their Pippin way because Pippin picks up the plant here and that incites the, the events of the third act. on their Frody way. There it is. 
Pretty good. Uh, and then they come back around and they stop by Orthonk on their way to kind of see how things are going. And Treebeard's like, oh, um, well, uh, Sormon came down and we'd kind of gotten bored at that point. We felt really bad for him. So we just kind of let him go. <laughs> Damn it, Treebeard. <laughs> um, and so uh, they're they're going back and they're going back and uh, they actually run into Saruman and Grima on the road. Um, and they're like... Uh, they yeah you, we're gonna go scour the shires try and stop me and uh well they they have a little conversation they're trying to they're trying to save his soul basically mm-hmm. like come on saruman you were once counted one of the wise you were used to be really good yeah he's literally a myar yeah what happens to a myar that's just like basically disowned is he disowned sort of I don't know exactly what the rules are. I'm sure Tolkien explained it in one of his letters at some point. Um, but yeah, he they they talk a little bit, and Saruman and Grima are tempted to join them, but are ultimately filled with bitter pettiness, and they throw some parting shot about, well, you might not like your precious Shire so much when you get back. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get back to Bree uh, and talk to Butterbur, and he's like, yeah, things are getting kind of weird over there at the Shire. There's a they've got a curfew. They've got walls up now. Um, they've been doing a lot of knocking down trees and building big industrial mills and sheds and uh, spikes? whatnot. Wheels spikes? with spikes? Wheels with spikes! Oh, God! <laughs> I don't think there's any wheels with spikes. Ah. Um, and Gandalf is like, uh, and the, the hobbits are duly concerned. This is their home and their, all of their friends are there. Um, and they say, hey, Gandalf, come help us. And Gandalf says, no, this is the task for which you have been prepared. And this is why scouring of the Shire is so important because it's, I mean, ultimately this is the Hobbit story. Um, and so this is showing that for one thing, the, the war's effects are inescapable, that evil comes even to the most secluded and prosperous, happy place. Yep. Um, and that the Hobbits have been changed by it and their experiences have left them less helpless and they're able to take charge and be powerful and just and merciful at the same time. Um, and so they come in and there's some really hilarious little bits at the beginning where, um, the, 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 the hobbits who have been recruited into the, uh, the band of sheriffs try to stop them. And, um, the, oh, is it the old crank, uh, cranky ladies? What? Is it the old cranky ladies from the movies? There's those two old women that are like super cranky. Uh oh, one of those is Lobelia. No, she's in prison. Oh, good for being cranky. Yeah, basically. Okay, good. She deserves it. Don't be cranky. I feel like those were the Karens of the Shire. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. Any anytime you hear Karen, you should substitute Lobelia. Awesome. She's the original Karen. Um, yeah, and her well, her son actually was one of the ones that had helped take over. So what what has happened is is revealed bit by bit. Um, is as soon as the hobbits left, basically, um, Saruman has started, uh, insinuating himself into the Shire, um, and acting through agents to start taking over, um, and kind of industrializing and extracting as many resources as he can. Mm. Um, and so there's no more pipeweed to be found because they Aww. took it all and exported it South. Um, and there's, uh, they've chopped down a bunch of trees and they've, uh, built a bunch of big mills and things like that. And it's a generally a horrifying picture of industrialization, industrialization in, uh, 
early 20th century England. Can't imagine Tolkien has an opinion about that. <laughs> Not even slightly. <laughs> um, and uh, Lotho, Lobelia's son, was one of the chief agents of uh, Saruman uh, in, in this plot uh, until he is murdered and possibly cannibalized by Grima. Jesus! Yeah, no, these books are kind of dark. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's left ambiguous, but... <laughs> how, how is left cannibalized ambiguous? Uh, So, when they finally confront Saruman, at, who's taken Bag End as his residency, because of course he has. Classic. Um, They're like, hey, where's Lotho? Uh, they, um, Well, they, they rally the Shire to their cause and come through crushing all the interlopers yeah. um and they come up to bag end with an army of armed hobbits um and Saruman, kind of a terrifying sight on its own yeah a little bit um <laughs> uh so uh they come up and saruman and grima come out and um they ask saruman where lotho is uh and he's like oh grima murdered him and hopefully buried him too although grima has been very hungry of late haven't you jesus <laughs> yeah who plays Grima? I don't know. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. Probably because he got stabbed or got shot by Legolas mm. on the top of a tower. Yeah. He's probably still up there. Yeah. <laughs> Should go check on him. Yep. Um, well, that's which, fun. Yeah. Um, the movies do get the, the ending mostly right. Um, they're, they, the, the hobbits are merciful and they say, hey, we've defeated you. Leave. And Saruman and Grima start leaving, and Frodo offers Grima the chance. Grima, you have done some really horrific crimes. Come and start to atone for them. Make up for them. I believe there's still some good in you. So that's what Theoden says, basically. Yeah. Theoden tried to do that. Yep. Uh, and Grima is so torn between the decision that he decides to stab Saruman instead. Oh, okay, so it is still... That ending still pretty much happens. Yep. He stabs, he stabs Saruman and, and Legolas shows up out of nowhere and shoots Grima. No, before anyone can stop him, several hobbits shoot him to death. Oh, okay, good. With guns. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Industrialization has also included the development of firearms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Well, they did develop gunpowder. Yeah. For Helm's Deep. Yeah. So there is, there I, is gunpowder. That's more plausible than I meant they it to had, be. They had muskets. Yep. <laughs> Hobbits with muskets. <laughs> Never a more terrifying sight there was. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's the scouring of the Shire and the actual death of Saruman, as it was meant to be in the books. Can't wait to read it. I dread reading the first book because you've seen my first book. Mm -hmm. It's covered in tape. And I'm going to flip like five pages and it's just going to fall apart. Yeah. Should be fun. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other little interesting thing that I discovered, um, I learned from a third party prior to reading the actual chapter that I thought was really interesting is, so this is another slight compare and contrast with the movies. Um, in the movies, uh, at the end, in the cracks of doom, um, Gollum comes in and confronts them. Fro well, Frodo claims the ring is his own and instead of casting it into the fire and then Gollum appears out of nowhere and attacks him and tries to steal the ring frodo puts on the ring he's invisible Gollum bites off his finger takes the ring in the movie Gollum tackles him and they fall over the ledge Gollum grabs for the ring frodo, no, frodo grabs for the ledge Gollum. frodo tackles Gollum. Yeah. they fall over the ledge frodo grabs for the ledge Gollum grabs for the ring Gollum falls Gollum dies ring ring goes yeah. into the fire mountain explodes the end yay yeah. happily ever after wow 
in the book, Frodo claims the ring. Gollum attacks him. Frodo puts the ring on. Gollum bites his finger off. Gollum dances on the ledge and falls over the edge, which sounds like kind of a dumb deus ex machina thing, except Frodo totally killed him. Because you remember before in the movie where Gollum attacks them on the path up when Sam's carrying Frodo? Yeah. That happens in the book too. Um, and it the scene goes fairly similar. Frodo is basically dead weight, but he's so driven by just desire for the ring that any threat to it, he goes wild. And so he attacks Gollum and um, he fights him off and he stands over Gollum and says, Creature, if you... Um, if you try to take the ring again, then you will cast yourself into the fire. Frodo did magic. He's using the ring for power right there. He is using the ring to control a living being. Huh? And Gollum skulks off and then Gollum comes back to try to take the ring and casts himself into the fire. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something that I enjoyed that I liked about, uh, with the movie even like not having that element but Mm -hmm. is that frodo didn't no one intentionally destroyed the ring because you can't intentionally no person can intentionally destroy the ring right he just happened to get pissed off at Gollum, wanted to kill Gollum. Gollum happened to have the ring in his hand yeah like and so i always liked that aspect it's like even frodo wasn't strong enough to destroy the ring yeah which is why flashback to our whole like uh butterfly episode Mm mm-hmm Pippin's the most important hobbit. <laughs> I need to go back and listen to that episode. I don't know yeah. how, I, how we decided. No idea, but, but I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. So speaking more generally, then, gosh, this book is just a joy to read. I, I, I do not understand people that say it's boring. There are some slow parts, and there's some parts where he gets excited about describing things. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's it's beautiful prose, just. Not just the way he describes things, but he's he's got the the style of a poet, just well, the, what, the way he writes it. That's literally all about what you find interesting in general. True. People find Marvel movies boring. My dad finds Marvel movies like mm-hmm. generally kind of boring yeah. because the action bits a lot of people find exciting. Like, like he doesn't like Endgame because it's basically mm-hmm. an hour of fighting. Fair. Um. And so some people just don't like the prose. They want, like, a lot of, like, easy-to-read witticisms. Mm-hmm. And you have to, like, translate from Tolkienese to normal speak. Like <laughs> It's mostly pretty readable. When he gets into Gondor, there's a lots of these and thys and hark and behold. But um, mostly it's from the Hobbit's perspective, loosely, mm-hmm. and is very readable and pleasant and engaging. Yeah. Um, no, and it's just... The, the you know when things go right in the end you're not like oh yeah this is good i'm celebrating it's like yeah fist pump it it feels really good yeah and it's it is genuinely exciting on the i don't know what this is my 15th read through or whatever <laughs> um it's it's fantastic and it all ties back together and um it comes to a satisfying end um and it's uh it's not quite a everything is happily wrapped up with a bow because like frodo's super bad ptsd and yeah. um can't truly rest from his labors ever um 
All 12 of them. Right. Exactly. Frodi is the next word. Frodiolese. 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 Flirtilese. Flirtilese. We figured it out. France crossover. France. Crossover with the country of France. Yeah. France, Greece, and England. There we go. Yep. Um. Yeah. No, it's just it's fantastic. There's so many themes. Um, Good themes. Yeah, power and um, corrupting influence of power and use of power for good and evil and mm-hmm. it's a lot of a lot of stuff about power, but um, stuff about nature and, um, and wholesome living and um, doing the right thing and like I said, these books I think were kind of a this book was kind of a formative influence for me. There's a lot of little things that a character will say or do. And I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's kind of my whole attitude toward life. I think you talked about that last time. Yeah. yeah I talked about that previously, but that rang true several more times throughout mm-hmm. the, the remainder of it. So yeah, no. Um, if anyone has ever told you that Lord of the Rings is a boring book and you shouldn't read it, they are wrong and you should disown them entirely and read the book. Hmm. Cause it's, really good it's very uh reasonable response to that absolutely yeah your opinion right. is wrong huh your opinion is wrong mine not yours okay the theory or the uh what's the word i'm looking for hypothetical hypothetical mm-hmm. yeah yeah Hypothet- anything else um i have not finished mr robot i'll talk about that next time when i do finish it um like four episodes away mm-hmm. uh let's see uh well the one big thing we'll, we'll talk about that next week yeah also Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Also can, Hawkeye. Well, we can wait till next time to talk about that while we've got the... Because literally the last episode comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Which was three days ago when this comes out, which is obnoxious. We can but, talk about our fun little speculation that's already been disproven. Wait, what? Wait, I don't know. Do you have any fun speculation for the finale that's definitely going to be disproven tomorrow? Oh, uh, Daredevil's going to show up. And wow. Out of nowhere and just beat everybody up. I think Jessica Jones is going to show up out of nowhere and and beat everybody up. Uh, real speculation. Honestly, I have no idea. The I don't know what this plot is, to be honest. Yeah. What's going on? I think... Is it just everyone wildly flailing at everybody else? Well, they want the, the Rolex. They want the watch. Yeah. I forgot that was a thing and now i'm even more confused about what the plot is so i don't know if i don't know if anything's been confirmed but i'm speculating that that's a tony stark watch that has an iron man suit embedded in it ah, a nanotech I watch it. i do i do buy it i think it's a good theory and i think it's going to lead into armor wars and iron heart and all that good stuff fair enough i think literally he just really likes that watch probably that's he it really wants it back i'm sure <laughs> Um, and probably we won't even see, I think we'll get Vincent D'Onofrio proper. I would not be surprised, but yeah, he will, he will not be the main thing. He might even be like a post credits at the end of the last episode or something. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't really, I don't know. This, this show has not like made much sense to me in general. Mm -hmm. Um, also because the dialogue is really forced and awkward a lot of times. It's fair. And also, like, I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's definitely my, I think, I think my least favorite of them so far. 
Okay. Which really sad. I like the Hawkeye bits. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've just... What? What's okay. going on? I'm having a rollicking good time with it, honestly. All right. I think it's a lot of fun. I also just get bitter when things are Christmas-themed. That's true. So it's just so much. Yeah. It's a quarter of a year. Yeah. And I just... We got just the right amount of Christmas and Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Literally just like 30 seconds. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, my turn. Uh, I have not continued doing a whole lot. Uh, I've continued reading Superman, Supergirl, Superboy, the Supers. Super duper. It's... It's not good. Yay. And I like, whenever I feel like I'm reading a comic and I'm like, this doesn't, I don't like this. This isn't good. I always go to reviews and see what they're saying. Like, I was like, am I missing something? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not wrong. The average rating for the Superman run in the new 52 is 5.5 out of 10. Yeah. All right. Like okay. that's the, like, that's the equilibrium of bad. Yep. And by that, I mean, like, to get worse than that, it's got to be, like, god-awful, like, Hellboy bad, yeah. which is rare. Yeah. And, like, it's like how, We like, should specify Hellboy the movie since we're talking yes. about comics. Yes, the Hellboy exactly. comics are... Equilibrium of fantastic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say equilibrium of good, but then that's about, like, a 7.5 is, like, the equilibrium of good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's terrible, and I can't... And it's just... It's one after the other of crossovers that you have to read... Uh, Superman 23.3. So, okay, here's this thing. Issue number 23 of the New 52 run, Mm -hmm. across the board, that month was, or whatever that issue was, that was was Villains Month, and so there's like 23.1.2.3.4, and they're all just like an issue that highlights a villain. Issue 23.3 was Hell, so like H, apostrophe E-L, who is this guy from Krypton, who also survived because how do you make a superman villain make another krypton survivor exactly um at this point it's kind of seeming like no one actually died on no one died (laughs) no one did no one stays dead in comics that's the thing (laughs) the entire population of krypton yeah um you know like literally uh candor the bottle city of candor the entire city he grew up or he was born in is still alive in Mm -hmm. a bottle God. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they had to take a whole bunch at once. So, do what they had to they had to make a whole bunch survive at once. I mean, if you just do them one by one, we're oh, yeah, doing exactly. this for a million. Well, years. except you can just do them one by one because that's pretty much what they're doing elsewhere. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so basically, Elseworld? hell is like, hey, uh, I've also been flying around for a long time, and I want to uh, bring Krypton back. And Supergirl, who is a plot device for. Uh, evening the battle mm-hmm. uh, uh who thus far has been like oh my god i don't trust any i don't trust these humans like mm-hmm. they're all weak like i not like weak but like these aren't this isn't my home right. i want my home back in denial about it mm-hmm. so like naturally her character does actually it makes sense that she buys into it and he's able to kind of uh manipulate her okay um very good but does she have gratuitous boobs uh not her okay but the other other supergirl who turns into power girl because she's but does have gratuitous boobs cool um she does show up in 
not right after it, but basically he's like, hey, we're going to do, I'm going to make this device, some thing that's going to make, uh, take a wild guess at what it makes. A blue sky beam. It makes a blue sky beam. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's going to turn back time enough where we can go back to when Krypton was still alive and stop it from being destroyed. Uh, but it's also going to take the entire energy of the, uh, of the sun to do it. And uh-huh. Supergirl's like, yeah, we're going to save Krypton. And she doesn't know that it's going to take the sun, mm-hmm. but Superboy and Superman do. And uh, S- Superboy and Superman have a whole bunch of a small little adventure. It's stupid. Um, and then Supergirl ends up like stabbing, you know, things happen. Supergirl gets convinced. She stabs him with Krypton or Kryptonite. Sure. And he gets, he gets sucked into the machine basically that does is getting destroyed, but it d- does get sent back in time. So like him getting defeated was him getting sent back to Krypton. Okay. Um, but without like anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's another, so that's the co- crossover hell on earth, which is play on words. Yay. What fun. The follow-up to that is Krypton Returns, which the order, the reading order is Superman twenty-three point three, which is Hell's uh, own issue, Action Comics number twenty, Superman, no Action Comics Annual two, Supergirl twenty-three, Superboy twenty-three, Superman twenty-four. So I need to read. I need to have read all of those lines up to that and stopped, and then go one by one to feel, get that story. I feel so gatekeeped right now. Twenty three point three, the first issue of the run, is in none of the collected editions. Ah, so I just skipped it. I just skipped the entire thing. No status quo change. <laughs> completely useless i don't know what happens all i know is that, like i've i've heard that like he comes back like he it's, like obviously comes back with like right. krypton and like jor-el and lara l are there or lara jor-el like superman's parents are there there's like a whole fucking thing but wow. like it doesn't matter he's probably dead but it's useless it changes no status quo it's yeah. stupid and it just continues to do that there's uh there is one, and so like basically what I'm saying is it's not a good none of it. None of it is good. Mm-hmm. The Supergirl is like fine. Mm-hmm. I can accept it. The Superboy run is basically just five issues of a crossover with something, two issues on its own of like trying to figure out himself and mm-hmm. the ramifications after that crossover, and then the next five issues are a crossover or something else. Like it's just constantly a crossover of other things. Yep. So it's not even its own line. Crossover um, with Supergirl. Crossover with the nation of France. Yeah. Crossover with the... I was going to say... Oh, crossover with the with the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. General, we talked about that. This is DC. I was, mm-hmm. No, we talked about uh, it was Harry Potter. Damn it. I'm forgetting what our joke was. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just like stumbling through. There is one interesting run um, that's called Psy Wars, um, where it's like PSI, ah. um, where it's basically Hector Hammond. Who is big head, big monster head man. Oh, yeah. Who with really smart can do things. Right. Um, and also... That was an all-time great villain description right there. Yep. Uh, and also Hive. But they changed what Hive meant. And it's a lady with psionic powers. And it's basically the two of them declaring war over each other. 
or declaring war against each mm-hmm. other with Superman, like trying to stop it from literally destroying uh, Metropolis. And then like. Heronautic information villain of evil. Something like that. No, it's like, it's some <laughs> stupid thing. Anyway, uh, they're fighting and then he convinces the two of them to team up because I think Brainiac is coming back. Oh, good. Oh, yes. No, who comes back? I don't know. It's an incredibly forgettable forgettable experience across the board. Clearly. And I'm only reading it to get to where they get good. Because mm-hmm. remember how I've been like, since I'm at that point in this whole New 52 reading, yeah. that like at about issue 30, they all start getting good because that's when DC was like, maybe we should go quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. It took them five years to do that. And like... And I looked at the reviews of, like, Superman 30 through whatsoever, and they get good. Like, they're, like, upper sevens, eights, nines. Like, there's a couple very solid ones. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just, I want to get there. But it's exposition writing where, like, Mm -hmm. every... (sighs) They're, like, talking. Two people are talking, and then one person says every single thing that they're thinking lined out. Hmm. Which, I don't know if that's the best way to describe how bad this is, but it's just like, you don't need to say all that. That's not how people talk. That's not how people talk! And it's just, it's it's not a fun experience. And I just want to be done reading that, like mm. reading the bad ones and get to where they're good. Superboy ends after volume five, I think after like issue 32. Finally put him out of his misery. They put him out of misery. Uh because it's the whole thing. It's like he's a crossover or he's a clone of Superman and Lex Luthor. Great. Wait, or is he? Maybe he's a secret love child of Superman and Lex Luthor. I think I remember they actually just like said he's not like his human comes from something else. I don't know. And there's like his villain is like Harvest, who's the guy who tricked all of the young Teen Titans to kill each other in the callings because he's pissed off he's from the 31st century and he's got superman's actual son or something and it's just it's it's stupid (laughs) comics are weird comics are weird and when they're done poorly it just i understand why people think comics are stupid yep but anyway i've been playing more of witcher 3 which is fantastic uh Playing more of Red Dead 2, which is fantastic. Uh, we just finally got back to starting to watch Americans again. We're halfway through season four, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Speaking of Americans, this is somewhat related. We watched the first half of Black Widow. Um, we were going to watch the whole thing, but Hannah fell asleep. Oh, nice. Um, but because Yelena turned up in Hawkeye. Right. Spoilers for that. We kind of knew that was coming, but yeah. she hadn't seen Black Widow yet. So mm. we we're like, okay, backtrack. This is who this person is. Um, I saw a person, I saw a really, uh, awesome martial arts person with blonde hair show up and I was like, that's elite Elena. Like yeah. there was, I was not at all surprised. Yeah. That one happened. Well, I got, I got to about episode three and I was like, where's Elena? We were promised Elena. Elena. <laughs> Dude. Um, I love Elena. She's so good. She's so fun. Just like the, like the. Oh my god, like you like what what's going on? Like that kind of like just that personality mm-hmm. and then when she needs to switch into intimidation, like you feel scared. <laughs> yeah. 
No, she's she's great. Black Widow's really. I, even though I haven't finished it, this is kind of weird. I usually when I watch a movie and then I watch it for a second time, I have kind of a different experience and I pick up on new things and um, feel different things at different moments and kind of like have a retrospective perspective on some of the stuff. Watching Black Widow the second time is like the exact same experience. Wow. Love the cold open. It's super exciting. And then I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good from there. Yelena's in a helicopter chuckling to herself. This would be such a cool way to die. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Anyway. Proceed. The Americans. That's all I got. We just watched one episode. Good. Literally just earlier. So we're getting back to that. Good for you. I'll I'll have an update. Excellent. But yeah, that's it. All right. We uh, really did fill quite a bit of time. Good for us. Let's do a Spider-Man review, shall we? We shall. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can find Maybe that. You can find the aforementioned Spider-Man review next week on anywhere our podcast is, which would be Spotify and iTunes and iHeartRadio and Podbean, but not SoundCloud. Not SoundCloud. Not SoundCloud. Uh, we technically have a social media um in the loose sense of the word have and social and media uh but we're on facebook we're on twitter at just us losers pod on instagram by the same handle at just us losers pod we have an email just us losers pod at gmail.com where you can email us some things i guess i don't know what what, what do people email these days recipes spam links dude send me recipes yeah i'm down send us some recipes it's the holidays um yeah next week we got our spider-man review coming and then before too long we'll get to talk about mr robot and i'll have finished it it'll be a good time um i think that's everything thanks for listening bye bye bye, bye.